Welcome. It's time to remap your mind. If you are ready for some mind remapping, deep food for thought, metaphysical, spiritual vitamins for your soul, you are most definitely in the right place. This podcast is all about empowering our community to go deeper, touching topics that most people may not think to think about with everyday real heroes who are trying to make a difference in our world. I am your host, Dr. Maisha Claiborne, master NLP and hypnosis practitioner and trainer, author, speaker, and coach, and founder of the Mind Remapping Nation. I am here to motivate, empower, and inspire you to be powerfully in the driver's seat of your mind and think outside the box so you can have the deepest experience of joy, success, freedom, and peace of mind in all areas of your life. Now let's get to the good stuff. But before we do, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you can stay in the know every time we release another mind remapping meal for you. Okay, y'all, let's get meta. I wanted to talk about something that's been on my mind for a while, and that is um, this whole concept of um, the fact that the system is made of people, like the cells make up a body. Um, now, if you're a parent or an auntie or an uncle or are in proximity with any child, you probably have heard this song that everybody sings, We Don't Talk About Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno, oh, oh, oh. We don't talk about Bruno. So what's interesting about this is it seems as though there's a phenomenon that happens in, in our community about what we don't talk about. Um, really, that's just a metaphor for, you know, the things that, that we avoid talking about. And so, you know, as most of you, probably if you follow me, you know that I traffic in this world of diversity, equity, inclusion, um, particularly in my uh, area is, is dealing with um, the unconscious mind and the tools to be able to um, really learn uh, communication and bridge that gap of what happens after you learn about bias. And you know, in conversation with several of my colleagues who are also who are in health equity, who are in DEI, there has been this conversation amongst us about this gap, this gap um, that happens when uh, organizations want to, uh, or and, and now I think there's a lot of mandate for unconscious unconscious bias training, which valid, right? But then that that box checking behavior happens and it's like oh we've checked the box and we're done and then um there there are organizations that go take it further and they're very committed to health equity right and and i think that's that's it's perfect because this is in medicine specifically when we talk about um the impact of of bias the impact of of marginalized communities is, is it shows up in health disparities. And so there's in medicine, this, this big focus towards um, health equity. And in, in non-medical communities, um, you know, there's, there's, again, this focus towards bias. But the problem that I've been seeing, the problem that I've been seeing has been coming up in a lot of conversations is number one, a lot of organizations want to stop after 
um, the unconscious bias training. They want to stop at that or and or um, wanting to focus on projects rather than the people work, the projects and shifting the systems, which is valid. The system has to be changed in order for big change to happen. But the problem comes when the people who are doing the work are not invested in doing the work within themselves. And while I think this is contradictory to the effectiveness of our work in uh, DEI is because if you don't, you know, the system that has to be changed is made up of people who are running the system. And if the people who are running the system are taking just um, this sort of blanketed action or blind action or dis or dissociated action, then at the end of the day, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable if the people are in the organization are not doing the work. Just take, for instance, and I liken it to our bodies. And of course, I liken it to our bodies because I'm a physician. If you look at this an organ system, or let's just take the body as a whole. If you have failure of a major organ system, let's say the liver, then the body cannot sustain itself. Toxins build up because we know that, that the liver, you know, it it's highly responsible for um, for filtering out toxins out of the body. If you have a failure of the liver, then you die. If you have a failure of the renal system, of the kidneys, in any capacity, and it's not remedied, it's not managed, then the body cannot sustain itself. If you have a failure of the heart to pump blood through the system, then the body can't sustain itself. If you have failure of the lungs to take in oxygen and to, to perfuse oxygen into the body, then you have a failure system. My point being is that in the system of the body, the organs must be maintained and, and, and work together to be able to work together in order for the full system to work. Now, if we even <clears throat> take it down even further to the micro level, to the, to the cellular level, when you, when you begin to have cell dysfunction, let's say cell dysfunction um, inside of the vessels, you can have leaking of the vessels, you can have um, swelling or we call edema. If you have dysfunction of too many of the cells of the liver, then what is that gonna do? It's gonna cause the liver to fail. What's that gonna do? Cause a system to be disrupted. You have, if you have a, a, a tumor or a cancer that is growing inside of any organ, then what it does is it starts to affect the organ's function. So again, at, even at the cellular level, the cells must be functional, optimally functional to have an organ work, to have a system work. And so why would that be any different in an organization where you have a system you know, that needs to be changed? And if the cells of the system are not, you know, even, even if they're performing, if they're not actually doing the work 
to be performing from a space of value, from a space where it's their values, eventually that's empty action and it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And so this is one of the reasons why I, I really feel that that people work is so necessary. And it's not just about learning and, and gaining insight. It's about gaining skills and tools, right? And I could take this into to any area of life, in any area of life, into parenting, knowing that uh, yelling at your kids is not the most effective way to communicate doesn't make a difference until you learn the skills of communication to commu to actually do something different. Knowing that you need to lose weight and, and, and it's gonna take increasing your physical activity and decreasing or managing your uh, nutrient intake. Knowing that makes no difference unless you have the knowledge and the skills. And this is what I used to teach when I was in clinical medicine the knowledge and the skills of how to prepare, cook, what to choose, how to shop, how to plan meals, how to prep meals. So the people work is not just about insight. I think that many times way people view um, this sort of deep inner work is, is woo. And I don't even know who, who decided what was woo, who decided um, you know, what is soft skills? That's what we call those. They used to call them, which, which now I think are called essential skills. And while they're called essential skills, they're not treated as essential skills. But the deeper work that bridges the gap between learning about something like unconscious bias and then actually knowing where to apply that, how to actually take that information and, and have it impact the work that you do on the court in real time, that's the actual people work. And by and large, for organizations and healthcare institutions who have implemented their programs and are not seeing results is the missing step, the missing link. And what has something not be sustainable or not create the best possible outcomes. And I've seen that, I've seen organizations who have pursued the people work who are, who are having sustainable outcomes because they're doing the work of emotional intelligence and learning the communication skills, learning how to reframe and listen in a different kind of way, learning how to step into another's um, perspective and shoes before reacting, learning the, to, to, to lengthen the gap between reaction and response. And so like the cells needing to all work together and function and be fed. So here's the other piece about the cells, right? Cells will function and they'll function how they'll function, whether you're pouring in the good stuff or the bad stuff until they don't. So if you're, you know, a person is eat, largely eating junk food, fatty food, high sugar, um, putting toxins from cigarettes into their body and other substances into their body. It affects the cell function, dysfunction. Cells can't function optimally 
when you shift that and you begin to eat plant-based, eat clean, you know, eliminate the, the bad habits, manage the stress, then the inflammation that would be caused by um, unhealthy behavior will go down and the cells will function optionally and the body will function more optionally and it makes a difference in how the person as a whole feels, how the culture, right? So in an organization, when you have people who are actually doing the internal work, they're feeding themselves something differently. They're feeding themselves a different kind of uh, internal talk, self-talk, which manifests in their outer behavior, their outer conversations, in their motivation and their values. And when you have multiple people doing that and they're putting then their focus on a task like DEI, justice and belonging, right? Like mitigating harm for um, that happens out of bias and racism, like improving health equity. When you um, have people who are feeding themselves a different kind of message, skills, tools, not only do they gain a resilience for the discomfort of these types of conversations, but they also take new tools into their daily interactions, which affects the work and affects the engagement and affects overall the culture. And that is what creates sustainability because one mind, one's mind begins to think differently about the work. Rather than there being such resistance or doing something out of obligation or doing something out of mandate, when you start to look at the people work, then you start to create something that's more sustainable down the line, that's sustainable beyond a position who's one position, one person's position or two people's position that's carrying the load of this work that's being done. That's really all I want to say today. All right. Uh, you can reach me at mindremappingacademy.com. You can reach me by emailing me. You can um, reach me uh, by direct messaging me. And so you all have a wonderful rest of the day and a wonderful rest of the week. Namaste. Thanks for spending time with us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed this one as much as we did. Remember to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we release a new episode. Also, this is truly a movement for us. And I'm committed that this message reaches the masses. However, I am clear that it is you, our listeners, who help us to grow. So if you like this podcast, I would love and appreciate if you'd let us know. Leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and then share it with just three of your friends. We want to expand our reach and bring transformation to all of our brothers and sisters out there who are still seeking more freedom, purpose, and peace of mind in their lives. And finally, if you want to learn more about how to join our community, it's simple. Go to www.mindremappingnation.com. And if you're interested in learning more about NLP and hypnosis and how you can learn and train with us, consider looking at our upcoming classes. You can read more about that at remapmymind.com or schedule directly if you want more deep work at remapmymind.today. As always, we love and appreciate you and we look forward to seeing you on the next one. 
Namaste.